The Ordinary Discussion Podcast. It's from the very beginning. This is this is our introduction session. And we are already telling people that part of what we expect of you, not us, but what the Word of God expects, and because of that we expect, we want to see, we should say, is multiplication. And I've never been part of something like a Bible study, let's just say, where they said, hey, we have a set start and a set end, and when it's over, uh, I kind of expect you to do something with what we've learned, and I expect you to go, uh, it doesn't have to be with the, with this tool, and you said that before, mm-hmm. and we're really clear about that. Like, Of course, we'd like to see ordinary men and women grow because we believe in it, but it doesn't have to be with this tool. It could be with something that God puts on your heart or, or another process or tool that, or platform that God puts on your heart, or maybe one you create. That'd be amazing. We'd love to help support you in that. But what we want to see is multiplication because that's what Jesus modeled. And, uh, and I think that's what discipleship is. And so I think that really sets us apart. Welcome, Ordinary Discussion podcast listeners. How are you guys doing? This is your host, Jeremy McCommons. Hey, we're uh, shifting gears here in our podcast. It's pretty cool. Instead of having guests on and, and talking through topics, we're going to go through each session in the Ordinary Men and Ordinary Women's study. And so that's exciting for us because it will allow us to provide a resource for every participant and every leader uh, before each session that they can listen to in preparation. But if you haven't gone through Ordinary Men or Ordinary Women, or if you're just a podcast listener and and you enjoy our our content, I still think it will be extremely beneficial for you. And so this one is the introduction. I know it sounds quite boring, but it'll be great. Uh, We talk about the core values, the mission, the vision, the structure of what we do, our high challenge, high grace environment, a lot of our cultural values. And so maybe you're in another ministry, maybe you're thinking about starting a ministry, maybe you're doing your own discipleship on your own. There's a lot here to take from it. And if you're just enjoy listening to our podcast, some real great takeaways as well. So I hope you guys enjoy this as much as Emily and I enjoyed recording it. And until next time, let's do this. do this. Hey, Emily, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, good. I'm really excited about what we're about to do. We're about to embark on a journey of 20, it's not 26, because we got to take the review sessions out. So I think it was 22, did we say? I think so, yeah. Yeah, 22 sessions that we're going to do podcast on for ordinary men and ordinary women. And if you don't know, ordinary men and ordinary women are Pretty much the exact same study. We just uh, changed uh, the logo, which was really easy because we just flipped it upside down. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then we changed, you know, men and women in the studies, but used much of the same scripture and really didn't change a whole lot. So it's, it was kind of a confirmation that, uh, that this is what God wanted us to do because we didn't have to like make it fit for different people. It just, it's just the word of God. And so anyhow, uh, what we're going to do is Emily and I have decided as directors of Ordinary Men, and she's the director of Ordinary Women, that we should do each session and then provide those as podcasts and as a way for people to uh, engage in the session, not as a substitute for studying the session, obviously, but as a way to engage and also for us to share our heart behind what the session means to us and why the session was written originally. And so that will help us maintain uh, the vision God's given us and the core values of what uh, he's called us to as well as cultural values. So 
Uh, I think it'll be a, a great thing for those that are in ordinary men uh, and women. And those, if I say ordinary men, I mean ordinary men and women. Um, <laughs> those that are in uh, leadership in the organization, and maybe even if you're just listening online and you don't know anything about us, maybe it'll give you an insight in what we do and, and pique your interest into this tool and process uh, called Ordinary Men and Ordinary Women that we use in discipleship and disciples others. So I'm excited. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right. Well, what we're going to do is start with the introduction. Sounds very boring, right? Like the introduction. <laughs> And it probably is of all the sessions, maybe the most, uh, it's a lot, it's a lot of like this and that, and it can be a little boring probably. I don't think it is, but it can be. But what I want to talk about today, which is really what the introduction is, is talk about what, what makes ordinary men and ordinary women different? Because I get that question a lot and it's really covered in this introduction and people are like, well, what's the difference in that in a Bible study? What's the difference between that and uh, my church small group. And of course, we're not saying that there's anything wrong with a Bible study. We're not saying anything's wrong with a church small group. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do feel like that ordinary men and ordinary women has has something uh, quite a bit different. Uh, on the surface, it may look like a small little difference, but I, I believe it's 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 quite, uh, it, 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 in, as it accumulates throughout the year, I think it creates a big difference. And it's a lot of what we'll talk about today. So are you ready to do that? Yes. Good. Uh, so the first thing, and in, in, in I have the bo- our book in front of us. Uh, this is the leader's guide, if anybody wonders what that looks like. And uh, I have it in front of me. Women's. And so, oh, the women's guide. Yeah, see, turn it upside down. <laughs> yeah, now we have men. <laughs> women. 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 <laughs> yeah, it was a nice budget. Uh, <laughs> we saved some money on the budget. No, it actually worked really well. Um, so... I'm going to kind of go through it. We're not going to go through it like it's a session, like we're teaching it, but I just want to discuss. So the first thing that we talk about in that session is what is ordinary men? What is ordinary women? So uh, I'm going to put you on the hot seat, Emily. Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you think like when, or how do you teach it? Like when, when you explain what ordinary men or ordinary women is. Um, So first I start with Acts 4.13 and which is the verse that taught the kind of our, our, um, our core verse for ordinary men and ordinary women, where it talks about how, um, it's Peter, Acts four thirteen. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men, they were astonished, and they <laughs> took note that these men had been with Jesus. Yes. Yeah. So ordinary men and ordinary women is all about how God takes ordinary people just like us, um, and He uses us for His extraordinary purposes. Um, so basically, anyone can be used by God. It doesn't take uh, someone special, someone who knows everything they need to know about the Bible can just be an ordinary person like us, but it's your relationship with God that changes you and the way the Holy Spirit works through you that allows you to be used for his work. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I do too. I I would uh, just add to that. um, You know, it's I'm reading from our session, but later (laughs) in the chapter, Peter and John say, I think it's verse 18 or 20. I'd have to have the Bible in front of me. I'm not one of those people that can memorize like chapters and verses. You're I'm, very, ordinary? I'm good with concept. Wait, yeah. I'm just, I'm just kind of ordinary. Yes. Anybody that knows me, I may be below ordinary, but, um, later in the chapter, Peter and John say, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard because the Sanhedrin calls him in and says, you can't, you can't speak about this Jesus anymore. 
And they're like, well, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> but as for us, we can't help speaking about what we've seen and heard. And I think those two verses together, that Acts 4.13 and Acts, I feel like I should pull it up. Um, I think it's 4.20, I don't know, somewhere in there. I think it is 4.20. Um, and so those two together really um, are the keystone verses of ordinary men and ordinary women because uh, it's all about us spending time growing in intimacy with Jesus. And so when ordinary people like us, like you listening, um, spend time in growing in intimacy with Jesus, that's when people take note that we've been with Jesus. Uh, I would hope that people notice that in my life at times. I'm sure not always, but I'm sure at times they would notice it. I know they notice it in your life, Emily. And it also gives us the boldness that we need because we're all going to need that at some point in our lives. I mean, even if this world doesn't continue down the path that it looks like it's going down, right? Let's just assume it just continues the way it is or even goes back to the 1950s. We still have to have the courage that Peter and John had, and we still have to have this attitude that, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And that only happens through this, this, this process of growing in intimacy with the Lord. It's never going to happen because our pastor has it or because our leader has it or because our Bible study leader has it. I, I, I recently heard a quote that said, uh, you can't gain intimacy with Jesus vicariously through your pastor. Um, mm. And uh, you can put anybody in that category, through your wife, through your husband. Through your parents. <laughs> through your parents. Mm -hmm. It's something that you have to do. And I think that is the, the, well, I know it is, the core of what we're doing at Ordinary Men. Yes, because it all starts with intimacy with Jesus, our that's first right. core value. Yeah, so that's what an Ordinary Man is, a man and woman is. It's somebody that realizes that, yeah, I may not have it all, may not have it all put together, may have past mistakes, uh, but it's about putting those excuses behind and drawing close to the Lord and allowing Him to um, empower you. And it's the Holy Spirit in and through us, right? Mm -hmm. And so that kind of brings us to our mission and vision. Um, our mission is pretty simple. What is it, Emily? To make disciples who make disciples. Yeah. So we have it. We have hats and uh, made, and uh, they're they're called DMD, Disciples Making Disciples, and it's kind of like a badge of honor that we wear. Mm -hmm. And um, so if you lead a group, we send you a free hat now that says DMD on it, and and then it's also a great talking point when somebody says, "What's DMD?" It's well, I'm a disciple making disciples, and so uh, that is our mission. And then our vision. Um, you know, I can read <laughs> the actual vision statement. Sometimes those get a little cheesy. Really, our vision is that we would be disciples and make disciples and that we'd move across this country, this nation, this world, and model what Jesus did and create a movement of discipleship throughout this whole, this, this whole world. And that's a huge vision. It's scary to say. But that is our vision, that through ordinary men and through, through ordinary women, and I believe that's happening, and I believe that is the hope uh, not the hope, the hope of the world. I mean, that's a, that's a strong statement, but I think discipleship is, is the only way out of, uh, some of the paths that we are heading in this world is, is it's relationship. We need to have relationship with people and point them to Jesus. And so that is our vision. And then we have some core values. You want to talk about those core values? Uh, Emily? Yeah, so we, we already kind of spoke about the first one, which is intimacy with Jesus. And we know that without that, you can't be a disciple and you are, um, nothing else will work if you don't have that first. So first and foremost, it's your relationship with God. It's spending time with him on a daily basis, digging into the word for yourself to find out what he has in store for you. And then as a result of that relationship with him, then you can go and, um, and be more intentional with others. 
which leads us into our second one. You want me to hit that? Sure. Okay. Intentional relationship. So intimacy with Jesus, for, first and foremost, uh, intentional relationship. And that is uh, engaging in a relationship with people in your group, people in your sphere. It doesn't have to be people in your group. I mean, it needs to include those, but it should be people outside of your group as well because that will lead to our next core value. But, you know, it's one thing to say I have a relationship with someone, and we've really cheapened relationship in our society. Like, oh, yeah, I have re- yeah. yeah, I'm friends with them on Facebook. Or, yeah, I see them at the gym, you know, every morning. Or, you know, those type of things. But there's a difference between having a relationship and an intentional relationship. And so what we encourage in ordinary men and ordinary women, I'm just going to start saying ordinary men. You can say ordinary <laughs> women. That, we're going to, I'm going to drive our listeners nuts. But what, what we encourage in ordinary men is that, that it's intentional. And by intentional, meaning that it's centered around one person, and that's Jesus. So our relationships are all, all intentionally centered around Jesus, but they're also intentional in the fact that it's not just this passive thing, I hope I see him at the gym. <clears throat> or I hope I run into him in the grocery store. It's more, I'm going to engage that person and I'm going to intentionally uh, build relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And through that, I think that's where discipleship really happens. And that leads yeah. us to our third. Or well, if you have I something, touch, on, yeah. Yeah, I did. I just want to say one thing. And I think that's also what sets us apart from uh, Bible studies is that we are not just meeting once a week and seeing those same people and then going on with the rest of our week until we come back again. You are pouring into their life throughout the week um, and even in your off weeks and reaching out through text, through phone call, meeting up. You're getting to know them personally and developing that relationship, not just coming and seeing them once a week. Absolutely. And then our last core value is multiplication. So our hope is that from your relationship with the Lord and the way that you're pouring into other people, then they will want to go and do the same thing. So we want to be disciples who make disciples. So we don't want to stay in our holy huddles. We want to make sure that after that year is over, the people that we have been with um, then go and start their own groups or disciple in another way, um, taking everything that they've learned throughout the year and uh, pouring into the lives of other people. Absolutely. And so those are our three core values. Pretty simple. It's, it's uh, um, as I've heard in other, um, I think John Chandler, which I've had on the podcast before, he does a program called Uptick. Mm-hmm. I've heard him mention it before. It's an up, in, and out um, and I didn't even realize it when we created these core values that we were creating an up and an out model. But if you think about it, it's up to Jesus, mm-hmm. God, it's up in, in relationship and out into the world multiplication. Yes. So that's really the model. And that's really the model that Jesus had. And so it's, it was pretty cool when, when, uh, I worked with uh, another gentleman on these core values and brainstorming and when we were done, we had this, these three values. And then I was like, or maybe he said it, uh, man, that's the up in and out model. I'm like, that's amazing. I didn't even, didn't even plan for that to happen. Um, so that was pretty cool. And, and I would piggyback on that, Emily, you know, back to this whole thing, what makes ordinary men different? First off, I've, I've been part of and I have looked at a lot of different uh, programs, let's say. And I don't really call ordinary men a program. I think it's a process mm-hmm. and it's a platform. Uh, that platform could also be called a tool, however you want to look at that, Right. So it's a tool for discipleship. It's a platform to, for discipleship. It's a process to go through, but I don't look at it as a, as, a, as a program because I think a lot of people have these programs and then the reliance is on the program. For, for ordinary men, the reliance has nothing to do with the program. Right. <laughs> has everything to do with intimacy with Jesus, number one. Because here's what I know. 
we can give people the greatest program in the world. We can give them the greatest process, let's call it that, or the tool in the world. And you'll have some people to do it. Some people are just wired to be leadership type people. I mean, you look at the John Maxwell type leadership programs. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people really like get into that, right? And that's awesome. If that's your thing, that's great. So you will attract those people in a program or a great process. But the only way that you're going to attract the people that aren't otherwise uh, wired for that is somehow Jesus has to put it on their heart and Jesus has to, has to change something and the Holy Spirit has to come in their lives. And that only happens, I believe, through this piece, the, the intimacy piece. And so to me, while that may not sound like, well, that's not that big of a difference between a Bible study, it really is because we're not relying on, a, we're not relying on the program. We're relying on Jesus to do something in and through the lives of people. And we say all the time, and I know you agree with this, Emily, if we had a thousand people go through ordinary women and ordinary men next year, and not one of them multiplied, but every one of them, or even 80% of them, filled out a survey and said they were closer to Jesus because of it, success. Yeah. It's not about growing this organization for us. It's about pointing people to Jesus, number one. And so, and that's not a, that's not just a talking point. That, that's what we walk. That's it. And so I think that makes it different. The intentional relationship pieces you touched on, I don't have to say that again. I think that, that, does, that is different than what I've experienced in some other studies or, or church small groups. And again, I'm not downing anybody's church small group. I'm just saying that was my experience. And then I think this one really sets us apart too, just as much as intimacy and intentional relationship. And that is from the very beginning. This is, this is our introduction session. And we are already telling people that part of what we expect of you not us, but what the Word of God expects, and because of that, we expect, we want to see, we should say, is multiplication. And I've never been part of something like a Bible study, let's just say, where they said, hey, we have a set start and a set end, and when it's over, uh, I kind of expect you to do something with what we've learned, and I expect you to go, uh, it doesn't have to be with the, with this tool, and you said that before, mm-hmm. and we're really clear about that. Like, of course, we'd like to see ordinary men and women grow because we believe in it. But it doesn't have to be with this tool. It could be with something that God puts on your heart or, or another process or tool that, or platform that God puts on your heart or maybe one you create. That'd be amazing. We'd love to help support you in that. But what we want to see is multiplication because that's what Jesus modeled. And, uh, and I think that's what discipleship is. And yeah. so I think that really sets us apart. Absolutely. I mean, it's very easy to go to a Bible study and to go through that book or whatever you're learning and then to walk away or maybe start a new one with those same exact people. But it's a lot harder to then take what you've learned and start your own group and move on. And that's what we're asking people, which I think is part of the high challenge, high grace, um, you know, that we promote. It's you have to have some challenge there. Man, this is like a script almost like you just went right to where we needed to go. Good job. (laughs) Uh, so that's great. Cause the next, the next thing we talk about is expectations. And I think that's another thing that sets us apart. I'll just tell you my experience and Emily, you may agree with this or not. Um, but my experience in my Christian walk and I'm 43 years old, so I'm old. Uh, mm-hmm. but my, my experience was my, the expectations of me as a believer were very low. Now, don't get me wrong from the pulpit. They were high. It was, you know, there was all, there was all the things I needed to do. The word of God told me to do, but then when I would engage in any, shouldn't say any, in most, (laughs) in most Bible studies and most, uh, small groups or whatever, uh, you know, whatever program I was going through, the expectations were very low. It was like, if I, if you can make it, that's great. If you can't, no big deal. 
but right. pl- please make it if you can. And if you know what? You can what? do it. You can do the work. Do it. If you can't, that's fine. Yeah, like, we all have busy schedules. It's no big deal. If you can't do it, just, you know, it's no big deal. If, you, if you're going to miss three weeks in a row, but you can make it one out of one once a month, we're just happy to have a a body because man, we just need bodies in these programs, <laughs> right? Or this Bible study. And I, we don't have that attitude. We have a completely different attitude because I mean, I'm coming from, uh, this is just my world is, you know, sports background, very high expectations. Like if I was 50, if I wasn't 15 minutes early, I was late. If, if I didn't show up, I didn't play. If I didn't show up for an, another practice, I was probably off the team. Uh, I come from a business background where if you sign up to be a business partner with me and we're doing a project and you're not, you're never showing up on ever uh, the meetings that we, that we have, then guess what? At some point we'll just part ways and not be business partners anymore because it's important. It, it matters that those things mattered to me. They were important to me and the, it was important to all those other people. And we feel like that, that it's no different than when we're studying the word of God or going through a process with, with, with people through discipleship. It's really important. It's more important than a business meeting. It's way more important than a football game. Right. Uh, that, that may disturb some people. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, but it's true. It's way more important. So we have these really high expectations, which we'll go over. Have you experienced that as well, Emily? Yeah, and I think I would just like to say, too, I feel like when you give people high expectations, they rise to the challenge. I mean, I know all the time with my kids, if I expect nothing out of them, I will get absolutely nothing. But if I tell them what I expect and I raise the level a little bit, then they kind of rise to meet it. And I think that's how most people are. Yeah. Um, you know, we have to get, you have to give them something to aim for and something to, um, to make themselves better. Yeah. So we have a question in this session that says, make a list of things or accomplishments that you find of great value that had no challenge or sacrifice. And <laughs> I, I put it there. We put it there because really that that's probably going to be left blank in a lot of books. Like I can't, yeah. I can't think of, and some people would say, I mean, obviously, our salvation, we didn't do any works for that, and, and we were saved by God's grace. So maybe that's one they could put there, right? Sure. So I would agree, but the but the process of walking out our salvation, I mean, we're saved in the moment. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a process. It's a one-time thing. So let's not, let's, I don't want to get it. I don't want somebody to say, your theology is wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that. But the process of sanctification, the process of walking out our faith, I mean, that takes a lot of, I mean, Jesus says it. You got to lay down your life for me. Like you got to sacrifice everything for me. He says the, what does he say? The, the, the birds and the foxes have dens and nests. I mean, the, 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 the son of God doesn't even have a place to lay his head. Like mm-hmm. he, he required the, the rich young ruler is like, yeah, okay, you did all those things. Now sell everything and come follow me. Right. And it's like, Oh, he went away sad. So, uh, even our faith requires a lot of that. And so I can't think of a thing in my life that didn't create, there wasn't challenge around it that added a lot of value to me. Just mm-hmm. can't. I would agree with that. And so we think that's really important. And we, and, and so like when we invite people into this process, like if you're listening to this and you multiply out into a group, and you're inviting someone in and they say, well, I'd love to be there, but I'm going to miss, you know, the first two sessions and then I'm going to miss three sessions. And then I'm gonna... That's when we look at them and say, well, maybe it's just not the right thing for you. That's hard to do because I've been trained like, man, if somebody is willing to uh, say yes to being in a Bible study 50% of the time, then we should let them be there. And I, and I don't disagree. Like, yeah, we, there's, there's places for that. But that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to create a high challenge environment, high challenge, high grace environment. And it all starts with the invitation. And I've discounted, I mean, I let them do it for themselves more or less, but I just, we, we make it really clear up front. Like these are the expectations. And a lot of people are like, well, I just can't make it happen. And that's fine. We're not, no hard feelings. Maybe they'll do it next time. Right. Yeah. 
So, hey, on that high challenge, high grace, while we're there, I think it's important to talk about it. But the high challenge, high grace diagram, imagine a... Timeout. Imagine a timeout. Yeah, imagine a timeout, like a, like a, like an X, but vertical. Uh, and so we have high, high invitation or high grace on, on the upper, and then we have high challenge on the right. So it creates four quadrants, let's say it that way. And so the, the quadrants are, if you give people high grace but you give them low challenge, it creates a, a consumerism culture, right? And you see that. It's like high grace, low challenge. That's kind of what we're talking about with what we've experienced in our, in our faith growing up is, is a lot of this consumerism mindset. And then if we give people low grace, which is like we're browbeating them, you know, you got to do this all the time, like you're terrible. But we also give them low truth or low challenge, then it creates a very bored culture or very apathetic. And you could see that. It's like, man, all, uh, nobody's giving me any challenge, but yet they're, they're, uh, they're also beating me up constantly. Like it's, it's a bad place to be. And then there's a high challenge, low grace environment, which we know those environments as well. And it's kind of the fire brimstone, very legalistic, you know, type, type environments. Yeah. And that creates a very stressed culture. But what we have and what we're creating and what we want to preserve is a high, high grace, high challenge a culture. And so what that creates is a discipling culture. And so we just believe that you can bring challenge and grace together. It's hard to do. Don't get me wrong. I don't know that I do it well all the time. But that's where we, that's where we hope to be in, in these groups in this process. Yeah, this has really stretched me, honestly, because I think that I tend to be a little more high challenge than high grace. Um, and I've had to catch myself a few times remembering that grace is just as important as challenge. <laughs> well, it's tough Probably. to know. It's so tough growing. to know when it's challenge and when it should be grace. Right. Yeah. And so, especially when you're leading people, it's like, yeah, you have sympathy for their, I mean, sometimes people have things in life and they had a commitment. Yeah. yeah. And so I think we just have to be loving in it. And, um, it, it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. It's a tough thing to walk out, but I, that's right. where we want to live. And so, like, we have code of conduct. We have, you know, these high expectations. And I think it's really important that, well, first off, it sets us apart. Second off, if you're thinking about leading a group or, or in a group, just remember that as you go through it. You know, like, we expect people to come prepared. Like, the same thing. It's one thing if you come to a business meeting or come to a football practice every time you're on time and you're there, but you don't ever bring your pad so you can't practice or you never bring, you don't prepare a spreadsheet that you're supposed to present to the group, you know, as a business meeting. Well, that's great. You're there, but you're not prepared. And we just, we expect people to do the work and to be prepared because they're not only, you know, obviously they're cheating themselves, but somebody in that group probably needs something that you have to say. The Lord may speak to you yeah. and, they, and there's something there that they need to hear. Yeah. I remind them of that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, little things, I'm not going to go through each thing, but I just want to point this out because it, it is, it's who we are. It's our culture. It's important. This is why we're doing this podcast because we want to stay true to what we do. You know, being there on time, being prepared, uh, showing up when you're supposed to be there. Uh, engaging an intentional relationship, not just expecting your leader to do it all the time, but it's, it's everyone's responsibility. You know, uh, there's, there's a lot more um, that, that we can talk about, but, you know, some other cultural things I wrote down, uh, Emily, um, and maybe we should add these to the book. I know we have them in our leadership team, but 
you know, we're about ordinary men and ordinary women is about growing big people, not a big organization. Mm-hmm. Now we believe if we grow big people that ultimately the organization will grow, but that's not our goal. Our goal is growing big people, pointing them to Jesus. Um, another cultural value is uh, glorifying only one name, and that's Jesus. Um, I've just seen what I feel like is real abuse around that. And I, I really hope ordinary men and women can really help change that culture in, in our faith. And I'm not saying every pastor is that way by any means, but there is this celebrity status within our faith that is pretty toxic at times. Um, and so I really want to push back on that. I want to say this isn't about Emily. This isn't about Jeremy. This isn't about how great ordinary men is or how great uh, our process, nothing. It's, it's about one thing. It's about Jesus. Every time there's something good that happens in what we're doing, that we reflect it right back to him. And that's really important to me. Very important. I would agree with that 100%. Another core value we have is willingness over ability. And we're going to talk about that in our next uh, podcast or two. Um, And then we talked about this before. We're followers, not consumers. Mm -hmm. I think we have a consumerism issue uh, in in the Christian community, and we need to get past that. We put we over me. (laughs) That's that's a tough one. I think, Mm. you know, so many things in our faith, like arguing over the color of the carpet in the church or the way this song is saying, or, you know, it's like we're not, and that's a church environment that we're much different environment, but we're just not going to get caught up in that. Like if you're worried about the, the me all the time, then maybe this isn't for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe it's not because we're a we over me culture. And so that's important to us. And then the big one is uh, we grow in secret, not in, uh, in private. We grow in secret, not in public. Guys, I got my words on this stuff. Secret, not in private. Wait a minute, those are the same things. But we grow in secret, not in public. And I think that's another thing that I've seen uh, as I've grown in my faith is a lot of people are growing in public. And man, when you grow in public, uh, that's a scary, scary thing. And we want to do the opposite. We want to grow in private. And then from that place, the Lord will put a calling on your heart. He'll put passion in your heart. And then you're going, you're, you're doing from a place of calling, not like growing in the public eye on a regular, it's just, it's a completely different model. And so those are some of our cultural values that we want to stay true to. I was thinking the iceberg, um, oh, yeah. we always talk about that, the, the iceberg and how, what you see above the water, um, what you see below the water should be a lot greater than what you see above the water, which is the same as the growing in private instead of in public. Absolutely. Yeah. What people see in public should be a small percent of what your relationship really is with the Lord. That's what we believe. That's what we, that's what we want to point people to. Well, I mean, that kind of gets us to the end of our introduction. Um, any, any thoughts? I mean, what I really want to get from these podcasts, I said at the beginning and just say this just to get our minds right before we close here is I just want to make sure as leaders, you and I, because every group that gets away gets further away from the core of what we started, right? Has the potential to go astray and has the potential to lose these cultural and core values. Has the potential to not be high challenge anymore and just like, oh, come if you can make it. Has the potential to um, not have high expectations and, and all those things. So, I mean, what, what's on your heart that you would just want to make sure that as people go through this, 
this introduction is people, cause this is the start. Like people are going to be listening to this podcast, hopefully that are just starting out in ordinary men uh, and women and leaders will be listening to it as they, before they prepare to, to, to lead. And maybe somebody that's just on, on the peripheral thinking about joining a group. Um, so what, what is really important to you in, in, in this, in this session? Um, I really just want to, I mean, we've talked about it already, but I just feel like for me, this is the most important thing. And that is your personal relationship with Christ. And I know that, um, I know for myself personally, I mean, I have been a Christian since I was five years old, but I was not, I did not have the relationship with Christ. I had a religion. I, I, I read my Bible and I, I went to church and I did all the things because I'm a doer, but I didn't sit and be still and listen and truly get to know his heart. And I think that there is no way to do any, like there's, it's impossible to do anything that we're asking people to do without first asking them to dig into the word, to sit with the Lord, to um, get to know who he is and what he wants for you. So I just, I, I personally feel like if you can get that right, then everything else is going to be easy. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I I think my, my closing thought is I I know this is difficult for a lot of people and I know a lot of people aren't wired this way. I am. (laughs) Maybe that's why God put the vision on my heart because he knew that I'd (laughs) walk it out. I don't know. But for a lot of people, this is, this feels confrontational. Uh, For a lot of people, this feels uncomfortable uh, it feels like, who am I to tell these people uh, how they should be acting or, or engaging in this group? Uh, but I just, I just want to say a couple things around that. One is, I've seen so many good intentioned studies and groups fall flat because they did not have a solid framework around them. They didn't have... Uh, a solid schedule. They didn't have a solid start and end time. That's another thing. That's that's important. That, to us. We need to talk. We, we need to talk about that. We start on time and we end on time. Yeah. And we and and you can change this with your group. I, I prefer an hour. You may we say do. your group is an hour and a half. You may say an hour fifteen. Whatever you say. I don't care if it's two hours. If you say it's two hours, you end in two hours. But what I do is this, Emily, and you may do differently. I, I, I'm I'm the king of of talking too much. Um, and not only that, I think it's great when we have discussion and people are really engaged and I don't want to just shut that off. So what I tell people, and I remind them at the beginning of every session, we're going to go for an hour. You know, let's say it's nine o'clock at nine o'clock. If you have an obligation and you need to go to work, you need to do kids, whatever you have to do, you get up and leave and feel zero guilt, (laughs) zero shame. You are doing what you committed to do. And so when it's nine o'clock, if you got to leave, you just close your book and say bye and don't worry about it. And I think it just gives people freedom to say, okay, that's a great conversation, but I got to go and not feel good. Cause I think sometimes you feel guilty. You're like, oh, somebody's right. spilling their guts. Like I got to stay and listen. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, starting, starting in, go ahead. What were you going to say? We do that too. I also, I mean, we're women. I mean, we're women. You're not, no, women, I am not. <laughs> for the women that are watching. Um, I, we have found it helpful to to start about 30 minutes early. So if your meeting starts at six, then you people can start coming at 530. That that way you can chat, you can catch up, you can, you know, talk about whatever. And then at six o'clock, you're starting six to seven. And then, like you said, I give the same kind of spiel at the beginning about um, leaving if you need to leave, don't feel bad about it. But I think having that extra time built in 
takes, you know, you get that kind of out of the way so that you can move into something more serious um, instead of finding yourself down those rabbit holes during, during the session. Yeah, I think that's important. Uh, if you don't have that 15, 30 minute ramp up ahead of time, then right. you will by default spend the first 10, 15 minutes. Cause you can't, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, people walk in and it's like, okay, let's get going. Like let's you gotta go. be like, how was your weekend? How are things, right. how are things with your kid? Like, you know, but that's another reason why I think, I don't think that's another reason why intentional relationship is so key and that yeah. you're doing it. So, so what we, what we do in ordinary men and women is it's a one year process. We should talk about that. It's a one year process and it's an every other week study mm-hmm. with an every other week intentional relationship piece. Right. And so if people are not engaging and cause this, this happens at times, this is probably one of our bigger struggles, maybe with men more than women, but is this, is, is keeping intentional relationship at the core of what we're doing. But I'll tell you, if you're meeting on a on the first and your next session is until the fourteenth, two weeks away, right? And right. you're not engaging intentional relationship on your non study week, then you will have to spend more time engaging in relationship to get everybody caught up before yeah. you get going again. So it's just so important uh to to engage in that. It, well, it's it's important on so many levels, but but on that level as well. Um so yeah, starting and ending on time. But what? I, so that goes back to like some people, it's just not comfortable for them to, to do some of these things. And this is where I would say, let us be the bad cop, you be the good cop, All right? So that's what's beautiful about this process. You're not, you didn't create these rules. You, you're just, you're just enforce, enforcing, if that's the right word. Mm-hmm. You're just following them, right? So, you know, it's like, you can say it with confidence and know that people aren't looking at you as being the person that's, oh my gosh, this guy's bringing so much challenge or this lady's bringing so much challenge. It's no, I believe in this process. I went through it. It was great. And this is, this is the core values of ordinary men. And I just so happen to think they're really important myself. So I think um, it, it, it allows somebody that may otherwise feel like that's, and I don't, but I just think it's great. I think when you challenge people, they step up, but some people may, may have a hard time with it. And I think this program process, not program, this process, this tool allows you to, to, to be able to walk that out without feeling um, like too, 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 too tough, too rough. Right. Right. So, <laughs> Put the blame on us. That's right. I'll take the blame. <laughs> tell, tell them to call me. Um, I'll do it with high grace though. Don't worry. Um, anything else, Emily? I think we hit all the high points. Um the only thing I would maybe also just mention is that one of the books that we use throughout the year is uh, Secrets of the Secret Place. And I yeah. think that it's so important. It's such a great tool. Um, and it's so important to start reading it immediately. Once you get it, once you get your ordinary men and ordinary women's books to, to, um, to get that book as well and to start using it every time you're in the secret place, every time you have your quiet time. Um, it's just such a great supplement, I, I think, and it says things, says the things that you think, but you don't know how to say, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah. And it's, I know Jeremy and I both have felt like it's been a great, um, a great tool in just driving us towards Jesus and in, enhancing that relationship with him. So that would be my extra little bit of advice um, as we start, you know, ordinary men, ordinary women. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that probably. People are probably tired of hearing it, uh, but that's okay. Because here, here's what we've realized, and this is one of the reasons these podcasts are going to be valuable, I think, is we've realized that some people didn't quite understand. It's not, not ill intent. People just didn't understand quite how important it was. 
And we only use like one chapter in one session of this book. So people are like, oh, well, I'll just, maybe I can copy it. Or maybe I just tell people to read that one chapter. But the idea was we would, we would, what we want everyone to buy the book and utilize it in their quiet time. And I'm yes. not sure we've done a good enough job of saying that, but if you're listening to this and you're not in ordinary men or women, or if you are like that book is really, Amazing. as you said, it's a supplement. It's not the word of God. Right. It's not the Holy spirit. It's not prayer. We know that, but it is an awesome supplement. And for me, and I can only go off experience, right? And so for me, when I read that book, it was the first time that I could put practical steps to a quiet place, quiet time, mm-hmm. secret place. Like other than that, it was like this abstract notion of like, this is really weird. I don't even know what to do. Like, okay, I'll say a five minute prayer and then I'll go back to whatever I had for the day, right? But it really taught me the 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 process of what it looks like to really get deep with the Lord and grow in intimacy. And it was given to me by one of my best friends, Jeremy Duggins, spiritual mentor for me. And I mean, I'm just so thankful he gave it to me. And I, and I hope that, man, I hope that sometime in my life, there's a thousand people behind ordinary men that say, man, I'm so thankful that ordinary men pointed this to me, pointed me to this resource because uh, it is really important. And it's like the chapters are like two pages, three pages, and you just read the chapter, yeah. you read the word of God and you pray. And it just, it ties it all so well together. Um, it's definitely one I, I go back to again and again and again and again. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've read it. Oh, yeah, a lot. And so, yeah, well, that's a great point. And then, um, yeah, so I would just say if this is uh, if you're if you're in a group, um, come prepared. Uh, You'll be thankful you did come on time. Accept the high challenge, the high grace, accept the high expectations enter into a journey that, that is different than maybe what you've done in the past and see what God can do. If you're leading, lead with boldness. Uh, know that this is, it's working over and over and over again in multiple, multiple groups. And we're seeing amazing results from it. So just be confident in that. And then if you're listening and, and you're not involved uh, in this, this uh, piques your interest, you can go to theordinarymen.com or theordinarywomen.com. Uh, there's a contact form there. Fill it out. Let us know what you're thinking. And we'd love to get you engaged and Hey, if you, if you don't want to take that step, just get the book, uh, Secret of Secret Place, and, and practice those core values that we talked about in your own life and, and just, uh, just do discipleship the way God puts it on your heart. So, Emily, thank you. This was great. Thank you. All right. Until next time, let's do this. See you guys. Bye.